Welcome to the Triathlete Hour. We'll wrap up Paralympics Month next week with a chat with gold medal winning Brad Snyder. But this week, we're just doing a quick recap show. Laura Sadal joins us from Tokyo for SID Talks. She's been quarantined in her hotel as a reserve for Team GB, so she's watched a lot of racing. We dissect the Paralympics race and then talk all things Collins Cup. It was exciting racing. Was the event a success? And we look ahead to the anticipated showdowns now at 70.3 Worlds. All of that after this short break. Power your next adventure with Outside Plus. Our Outside Plus membership gives you access not just to exclusive triathlete content, but to content across all our network brands like Backpacker, Velo News, Outside Magazine, and Trail Runner. With an annual membership, you get two magazine subscriptions, two VeloPress books, a library of resources like yoga journal meditation classes and clean eating meal plans, gear and event discounts, access to Gaia GPS, dozens of training plans through today's plan software, and a free finisher picks package each year. All for just $99. This is the world's best resource for training, nutrition, know-how, and how-tos. Join at triathlete.com backslash outside plus. That's outside, P-L-U-S, one word, dot com. All right, Sid is back with us from her hotel in Japan. I hear you finally got to leave the hotel yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been um, uh, oh look, it's been an amazing experience and um, to be part of the team and stuff. But myself and Tim Don, who's the other um, other traveling reserve, have got limited accreditation. So uh, we did get a day pass out for the bike recce and run, which was pretty cool. So we could get to go down and ride the course with the with the team and then and you know just just support them you know Tim's obviously got incredible experience of racing at the Olympics and just through his years of racing so I think he was a great advantage to to our our team racing to like talk them through different elements of the course um but the rest of the time yeah we've um we've been in the hotel which I, I have to say is a very nice hotel I can't complain from that front we look out over the water I can see the agitos um which is a lot of the images that get pushed out on the the TV networks um, and the rainbow. It's just in front of the rainbow bridge. Uh, we've all got little balconies and we've got a great team room, which looks over. Actually, we can see the, we can see the swim, the swim for the paratriathlon and, and you can see the blue carpet. Um, so at least, <laughs> at least you feel like when we were watching the races from the hotel on like this on TV, like everyone else, but at least you kind of felt a little bit closer to the action rather than being in a hotel or in the village where you wouldn't have been able to even see the see the venue. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I didn't realize that because you guys were like the backups, the reserves that you couldn't go because obviously the athletes uh, have been down and cheering on their teammates. I mean, on the second day of the Paralympics, yeah. the Americans, the announcers on TV kept being like, the Americans are causing trouble. The Americans yeah. are being unruly because they were like <laughs> screaming very yeah, loudly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, all well, the Americans had a great two days yeah. of Paralympic triathlon. Um, uh, our team, the British team, we we didn't have a great first day, unfortunately. I mean, some still some really good performances, but just probably not. I think people were quite disappointed with their own performances, and we had a bit of bad luck in some of the races. Um, but they all went down to watch the second day, which was fantastic. Um, and they, I think, the the benefit of the athletes sometimes it's like the worst is racing the second day because all the athletes who've raced the first day are like they're done. But I think the the benefit of that second day is that 
the athletes who had raced were able to go into the stands um, with their accreditation and go and watch. Um, and then myself and Tim, because we didn't have the full accreditation, plus like the some of the support staff, um, we were all back in the hotel. But, you know, we had a, we had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> you, had a girl, you had a party by yourself. We had a party. So out of all the races then, because, okay, so for people who don't know, and we've had a bunch of coverage up online, and I put up like our favorite moments. There were four paratri races the first day. And it was the blind athletes and then two of the uh, categories. And then the second day, there were four more. And it was the wheelchair athletes and two more of the categories. Which ones were your favorites? <laughs> Gosh, um, <laughs> favorites or most memorable? I mean, I think there were some incredible performances. And I I think what it's made me realize, like, you know, I'm like, we talk, we both love sport and we both love the Olympics. We both love the Paralympics. But actually being here with a team and when you know the athletes but you also then start to know the other athletes from the other countries just from the talk of who's the competitors and stuff it makes such a difference and that I think sort of highlighted the fact to me that when we're broadcasting these events it's really Mm. about getting the athletes personalities and getting to know the athletes out there so that people can engage more when they're watching it and they feel a little bit more like they know what's going on um in terms of races I mean I think you know, and the, the VI races, the, the visually impaired, it was amazing. Like you've got Andy Potts as a guide. You've got Cyril right, Reno right. as a guide. You've got, you know, all these all these pro athletes as well involved and seeing a different side to the sport was was pretty impressive. Um, memorable moments. Um, obviously, I'm going to say on our day two, from a British paratriathlon perspective, we had three medals. So seeing Lauren Sedman win the gold, like just holding right, off, right. Holding off Grace good. Norman was good. And then he held off Grace. And to, to, on a side point there, to your point of like knowing them, at one point the announcers were talking about Grace and they're like, oh, she moved to Miami. And I was like, she doesn't live in, I spent an hour driving that girl from the airport. She does not live in Miami. She is hilarious. Yeah. And yeah, you just like, like knowing them makes it, makes a big yeah. difference. And then obviously we had Claire Cashmore who got the bronze and that mm-hmm. was a bit controversial because she got um, a penalty. She got a penalty, but then the officials gave her the wrong penalty and she had to serve uh-huh. it twice. So she'd lost double the amount of time and it wasn't her fault. So that was mm. a little bit, uh, but you know, and then. And again, if I took on that, uh, I think day one, um, you know, it was great to see the American Schneider win, but it was really gutting for us because our, you know, Dave Ellis, our VI athlete, who him and his guide Luke have just been in amazing shape and have focused so hard for the last few years. And their chain broke on the bike in the first light lap, which is just absolutely heartbreaking and gutting. So, um, that wasn't as good. But then, you know, seeing other performances, and again, this is from a personal perspective, like someone from our team, Fran Brown, shouldn't have even been on the start list with what she's gone through in the last two weeks medically to actually just get to the start list. And yeah, she probably was down for a medal and she came fourth. But the fact that when the gun went and we saw her swimming, we all just gave up a massive cheer because it was like the effort just... I think that's what some people don't realise the difference between the Olympics and the Paralympics for some of these Paralympic athletes, just to get to the start line with all the medical conditions and the tick boxes they have to check to just be signed off, to be physically able to race is, is, is amazing to start with. Um, Alyssa Seely, who took gold in the, oh, I can't remember the categories, PS2? Yes. PTS2? Um, she took gold and Haley Dance took sec- uh, silver. Alyssa, 
<laughs> almost died like earlier this year yeah. with an infection in her yes. bloodstream. They didn't think, I mean, she was in the hospital in March still. They didn't think she was going to be able to do anything. Um, and she certainly didn't think she was going to win gold. She was just, I mean, she's very, very good, obviously, but she was like, I'm just yeah. going to go out there and do what I can do. Um, Amy Dixon, who is in the VI race, uh, is also undergoing chemo right now, yeah. Yeah, which is nuts. Melissa Stockwell broke her back yeah. six weeks ago. I mean, there's just like, it's, it's, it's just crazy. nuts when you think yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other, I guess, memorable moment, although I think heartbreaking for me as well, watching, but what a, what a race. I think the best race we saw out there was the PTWC women's wheelchair race with Lauren Parker, who obviously I, well, not obviously, but I have known since she had the accident, uh, her accident in 2017. Um, and I know that she has been focused on this race for so long and her life has been like dedicated to getting that gold medal. It's been what's true. It's kind of one of the only thing that's been driving her to keep going since she had her, her accident. And then even again, like we we're just saying with the other, she's, she was in hospital for, several months mm -hmm. with a blood infection and was really like and then had wrist injury and it was really and this is what they're having to live with every day that we don't realize and um anyway came into the race and oh she got pipped on the line by the american yeah. by Kendall I mean, if you Gretz, didn't see it? that oh, finish yeah it was, it was amazing an absolutely and insane finish. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we will i will share a link it was one of our when i picked the eight most unforgettable moments of tokyo yeah. i put it as the the top one because you do have to watch it it was i mean i was watching it and the americans coming up from behind and i was like oh she's gonna run out of like oh good for her but she's gonna run out of room yeah. And then they're like on the blue carpet yep. sprinting was, in the in their yeah. I was kind of thinking like Loz just get to the blue carpet because then it sort of ramps down a little bit and you've got some momentum. And then Lauren got and look, this is racing. Lauren got caught up on one of the previous corners, on which passing. was a, on yeah. passing, and that had to slow her down and delay. And you know, there's various things and you can say shoulda, woulda, coulda kind of thing. And then I thought she was at a corner. I thought she was about to sit on the blue corner and it was one before that. And I was like, oh no, that was getting really close. And the, but you, and, and, and then also I think what it highlighted, and I'm not saying this is anything wrong, the difference in athletes, like the, the American Kendall had so much power because she's got a different, um, she's a slightly different category in the wheelchair. So if you look, if you watch that race in transition, Kendall like stood up on her own out of the bike and got herself into the wheelchair. Right. There are different categories got, within yeah. the visually within the visually impaired and within the wheelchair category. There's like a range or whatever they want to call yeah. it. And they, they 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 use a head start system they, in both those categories. Yeah. So that Kendall actually started four, four minutes. minutes after Lauren and so was making up that four minutes the whole time. Yeah. Um but that's because, it's called factoring. factoring. They don't call it exactly. head start. Yeah. yeah. That's because yeah. though, like we said, Kendall could stand up on her own so she's got core she's got legs right. strength to do that whereas lauren is doesn't have anything from like her, her belly button down so it doesn't have the core muscles and i think you saw that well there's various reasons like coming down that finish shoot just how much power and momentum the american had and one she's chasing and, and she's gaining and that gives you that right, extra bit right. whereas lauren <laughs> like, just didn't have that uh, yeah so it was like it was it was heartbreaking because I know how much it meant to Lauren but you know obviously it was great for Kendall and and just a great race yeah, anyway. and I, yeah it was a crazy race the other thing is Kendall obviously is also a two sport uh winter yeah. gold 
medalist yeah. and uh, has a lot of sprint power coming over from from cross country there. Yeah. So there's just all kinds of things. It was very, I mean, the other point, and I spent a lot of time thinking about this with how the, like you said, the wheelchair system or the way they categorize in the wheelchair and in visually impaired is that they have head starts because people have different levels. Yeah. But the people also have different, no two people in any of the categories have exactly the, <laughs> the same, same issue. Right. No. So there's, so there's a whole system by which when you go to race, um, in the the para categories, you are judged by a panel. Yeah. I don't know the other word for it, but you're like yeah, evaluated by a panel. Yeah, and they put you in a category based, on, and then they always can reevaluate that. And so it's just it's a very and, so you have and these classifications is, where people have all kinds of different things going on, and it's just it's all crazy. And this is the thing you see people changing categories, like for instance, the Susanna, the Spanish woman who won the VI category. So she was racing in the same category as um, a lot of the other females last year and then got recategorized um, hmm. this year. And then subsequently that meant she had a three minute, 48 second head start. Um, and look, I'm not, I don't know the details of that, but it's, I think it's a lot of the athletes and, and you know, and some of the, some of the, I think um, there's a lot of some of the attribute attributes. That's wrong. With, some of the um, like some so sight can deteriorate, so you can change right. category. So that's that's where her sight is was deemed to like it wasn't as as bad before, and now she's almost sort of mm -hmm. blind. Um, but I think a lot of the athletes find it hard because it potentially it it, it can be I quite subjective. I think there's a lot of yeah. I think there's a lot of angst and angst, time yeah. energy yeah. like thought that goes into classification yeah. i um we had a friend who was used to be a paracyclist and got downgraded over time as his condition deteriorated and it's just it is a very fraught yeah like, and it's hard process. I, yeah <laughs> and it's I hard mean, yeah yeah but it's also fascinating watching like like you said um when lauren stedman won out over grace norman grace norman's the only below the knee amputee in that category almost yeah. everybody else has upper body amputations but they, um, you know, if you take the sum whole of the parts, like they're all yeah. deemed like equivalents. And even though Grace Norman's below the knee amputee, she's one of the fastest runners. So it's yeah. just, it's all very like fascinating. Yeah. And it made it really interesting to watch. Um, I will say, yes, the wheelchair race was one of my most favorite, <laughs> my favorites. The women go, the US women going one, two on the first day was exciting. Yeah. The VI race, the blind, um, the blind athletes is just crazy. I mean, Brad oh. Snyder, one which was great uh if you don't know he this is his sixth paralympic gold he won five in swimming he did you know he has the paralympic 100 meter swim record in 57 seconds it's crazy <laughs> i mean yeah i mean it's some of the performances across the board have just been incredible like you look at the swimmers and they're doing like a 100 meter backstroke but they're just kicking and it's still ridiculously impressive athletic performances um i i really enjoyed watching the um so going off para triathlon but onto the athletics it was the 100 mm -hmm. meters like one of their what i i guess equivalent of what i mean there's loads of 100 meters because again the different categories but it was i right. guess the blue ribbon 100 meter event it, well it mm -hmm. was for the british they did this massive big like two hour lead up to it um because okay. we had johnny peacock racing who'd won the gold in rio and in london 
Um, but actually what I noticed when it was a start line, it had Hunter Woodall, which is a, he was a US uh, Chinese yes. Athletes Foundation athlete and a young guy. And I think, I, I don't know, and don't quote me on this. I think it was and probably his a first. Popular, he YouTube, has a popular yes. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was in the final. I think it was probably his first, his first fi- final. I don't know. I hadn't seen before but it was a great it was probably the closest race that they've ever had in Paralympic history because it was a joint medal for third they couldn't split them so the winner Mm. was it was first second and then joint for third but they were all crossed virtually at the same time obviously not at the same time because they got medals but it was so so close but even that you saw the difference like some of the athletes have one blade and a, a leg and then the athletes that have two blades they almost travel at a faster speed, but it takes them longer to get going. So you get mm. the the athletes with with one blade and a leg, like get a better start almost and can carry that speed. But then suddenly at like the last 10 meters, you get the athletes with the two blades suddenly like just changing gear because they've got suddenly that momentum of right. movement. And it's just it's just fascinating from that. And again, like, like you said, it's it's so hard within one category. There's such different abilities within that and they're they're um classifications still vary i I just yeah how how do you then compare it with everyone being so it's been a really uh fascinating game so it's i mean it's been super good to watch super interesting i think um everyone would agree the competition's just getting better every time this is only the second time paratri's even been in the paralympics um, and you can tell, like, I mean, there's a reason that all of the visually impaired athletes are using Olympians yeah, as exactly. their guides because yeah. no one can keep up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it's definitely getting more and more intense. But it was hard this weekend to mix up. I, I watched the Paralympics and then I had to go and watch the Collins <laughs> Cup and then I switched back over to the Paralympics. So you had to, like, keep track. Well, well, because because I was stuck in the hotel. So a lot of my training has been on a, on a on an indoor bike. So I was like, I had, yeah, we had like the, the Paralympics, obviously, screening as well. And then I was able to go back and watch the uh, Collins Cup coverage as well. So I had quite a few hours of trainer time to catch up. <laughs> Did you watch all of the Collins Cup? Because I think it was like seven, seven hours, hours of coverage. Um, I watched mm, pretty much all of it, yeah, over three days. So, yeah, <laughs> once I started watching it live um, and then obviously with time zones, um, went to bed and then watched kind of the second two two episodes or two parts of it when I was on the trainer for the next two days I think my big question so they're going to do an hour kind of highlight show Mm. um that like will be airing and actually CBS Sports is going to be airing and stuff and I'm kind of curious what that's going to end up looking like because certainly for the non-triathlon dorks I don't know that they were going to watch the full seven hours (laughs) no and I think oh look it's really hard I I think there's lots of great things about it. Um, I think it needs to evolve, but we knew that. We knew that maybe the format wasn't perfect, and but we knew it was just a start and the right direction. Um, I'm not sure if you weren't a triathlon fan already, you would have a clue of what was going on and you would be engaged to follow the sport from that respect. I don't think it grasped that. But that's coming from me. You know, I'm very... I'm a, a triathlon geek. I love watching it, but I struggled to work out what was going on. And I find, I figured I know the athletes pretty well. I knew the format pretty well. Um, and I wanted to watch it because I want to support the sport. I want to support the event. I'm obviously a part of the PTO, but 
I struggled at times and I was thinking like for somebody trying if we're trying to capture that broader audience outside the current triathlon fans I'm not sure we did that at the Collins Cup I think that could have just been solved with some graphics because I yeah. did tune you know it was 4 a.m my time when it started so I didn't get up at four so I tuned in a couple <laughs> oh, hours on, later where's your, and where's your commitment Kelly <laughs> I tuned in a couple hours later <laughs> I and I, I got up at 3 a.m to do a four-hour trainer ride so I could then watch the para the parrot guys on tv from the hotel with the rest of the group but just not on the trainer come on <laughs> <laughs> But I'm going to tell you, though, it did take me a little time to figure out, wait, who is racing right now? Yeah. What match are we on? Where, who is this person on the they? TV? Yeah. The TV showing me a person, but I don't know who the person is or who they're racing against. And nice. I really think all they really needed was some graphics. You just yeah. needed, like, graphics showing which match this was, more cameras splitting up the matches, graphics showing, like, who, the person you're showing me, who are they beating, who are they ahead, who are they behind – you needed some more like pace stats in there, like how fast splits, are they going? How, how, far, like, how far less how far left of the run have they right. got? Is that person gonna catch that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's I mean, that would solve a lot of these problems. Um instead they kept doing the only graphic they had was the uh, points. projected points for Europe versus US versus internationals, which is fine and great, but I Well they and then they had they did get some time splits up there, but then they were wrong. Which and it was clear it was clearly wrong because it was like you can see two athletes on the screen, but the splits showing the second athlete is a minute behind. It's like, well, no, because they're swimming on their feet or whatever it was. Yeah. Well, at one point, the timing had Taylor Nib uh, supposedly going faster than Patrick Langa. So, well, to be fair, that could have been true. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, that was one of that was one of the. I, I mean, let's. I know everyone's talked about it, but let's just say like what an athlete what a future she has she's the last five weeks raced at the olympics then i think mm-hmm. maybe had two weeks off but traveled from tokyo back to boulder raced 70.3 boulder and just like blew everyone out of the water basically um didn't win but it took a while for them to, for emma Pallant to catch her right for her first 70.3, her first it 70.3 was like, oh, exactly and then the following week went to and i get which way around it was montreal first. montreal two days three days in quarantine race the super league uh, super league sorry wts super series whatever short distance racing next weekend went to edmonton raced an olympic distance and then flew from and, Edmund- won. and won that's right in impressive fashion riding the 40k tt on basically bike on her own and then um flew from there to europe and went into a just under a half distance race and again absolutely on a flat course which everyone said she yeah everyone knew she was strong but thought that being on a road bike with the clip-on sort of tt bars on a flat course against the athletes racing would maybe even things out or or show it show up a little bit and she rode the fastest time on the bike by four minutes or something and so I'm away and yeah and probably is racing next weekend somewhere and the weekend after and the weekend she after. is uh i think she has three weeks now until 70.3 worlds oh, wow. well, that's so. taking a bit of a break <laughs> right i mean it does obviously everyone keeps saying like oh my god she's on a road bike oh my god she's on a road bike let's be super super clear that modern road bikes are very aerodynamic and yeah. that she has a fit that is very aerodynamic and 
you are the least arrow thing on your bike. Um, she is very arrow on her bike. She has had it like professionally done. She puts out a lot of power in that position. It would have been stupid to throw her on a TT bike at the last minute where she wasn't comfortable and it would have sure. definitely cost her time. Yeah, spe- especially so. with her, especially with her race schedule. I mean, yeah, maybe if she'd had three weeks or four, you know, between the Olympics and the, and the Collins cup, you could have, put her on a TT bike and then scaringly, maybe she'd have gone even faster. Maybe it was actually a benefit to us that she was on a road bike because she didn't go quite as fast as she could have done. But, you know, it, like you said, it works for her. And I mean, she's an incredible athlete. I think huge future. She could probably race pro cycling mm-hmm. um, if she wanted to as well. I would well. also like to point out that Gustav Eden won 70.3 Worlds on a road bike two years ago. This is true. And everyone was like, oh, um, worked out fine. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I but think, she I think was, the difference was like that 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 course was in Nice, and it that was course was very hilly, yeah. so you could kind of get away, or or you know, it was mm-hmm. more reasonable to ride a road bike. Whereas like Slovakia was pancake flat, and it was just about everyone was just about you know like the big bike riders, the Uber riders. It's the TT position and all that sort of stuff. But you know, she's a but, and I was also like, oh, to be twenty three. <laughs> like oh to be young and to be able to back up those races when you're that good as well (laughs) yeah I mean there's something to like you know what maybe I can beat Daniela and then like you believe it why not and I will say I had her in my fantasy pick and then everyone told me like no no be smart pick the obvious things and I and I changed my fantasy picks ah you should listen to your gut I I just I think I just thought that it might have been one week too much for her Mm-hmm. like just from a race and so I thought it should still be good but I thought there might be a bit of fatigue um right but no and then I just loved it like she crossed the line and she's so just she's like I just loved it I just it, she's so like just genuinely in like had no real clue sort of thing about anyone or where anyone that one was or what she'd actually just done because she's just like I just love her I just loved it out there it was great fun sort of thing and so that was really cool it was great fun yeah um yeah so she beat Daniela by like 16 minutes which was obviously the performance of the day and we can acknowledge that word is Daniela was really sick certainly Daniela's time was very subpar but yeah. Taylor also would have won every single other matchup yeah. every single <laughs> other race so you know yeah. Uh, she was the performance of the day, hands down. I was also very impressed. Uh, we should be clear. Jackie Herring also beat yes. Anne Hogg and uh, Jeannie Metzler, which was, I don't think anyone had that predicted either. No. And so. in the nice, like, I, I know, I know Jackie and in the nicest possible way, I didn't think she'd have beaten those two, but you know, she has been fully focused on getting to the Collins cup and racing. Mm-hmm. So full credit to her. Um, okay. Maybe, I don't know, I think Annie had a mechanical maybe, but I still think Jackie's performance and her run would have been right up there anyway. And yeah, so that was really impressive. Yeah, I think for, to the point of like the format, I think for those of us who care a lot about triathlon, like it was really good racing and it was really interesting for those of us who care to see uh, Lucy versus Katie Zafaris, right? Like that was fat. And then I mean, you see I mean, Daniela versus Taylor. Yeah. Like it's it's cool to see all of those. It was just, I would have liked to have seen more of it. More right? of it yeah. <laughs> like, and, let, and let's go back to the fact that the the draft or the draw on picking the races it wasn't spontaneous it wasn't done on the opening it was spontaneous. night we know we know it was all fixed for the matchups in weeks before and hey do you know what i'm okay with that because then it makes like you had some good matchups like putting starkey lionel and keenlay together you know you knew it was going to be a specific race and it was going to be good to, to watch in that element and then some like again some of the other other matchups that they did 
we're good. Like, let's just do it that way anyway, rather than doing this whole charade of picking one name yeah. and going, sorting out which team athlete you're going to put up against them. Because, I mean, like, we all know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Scandal. Yeah, but, like Scandal. you said, I would have liked. Like, I think the racing was great. There were some um, fantastic matchups um, and some fascinating racing. Just wanted to see more of it. Mm-hmm. And on the men's side, uh, Lionel was the race for like the race of the day for me. Um, he crashed and still had. And you asked at one um, point, did any of the mics work? And I think the only time a mic worked was you could hear Lionel be like, "I suck at biking," and everyone can see it. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant lineup yeah and you know look and again his performance like I didn't think again in the in the fantasy league I hadn't put him down for the win because I just thought off the you know and maybe again not enough like I just thought off the back of his race in uh, Copenhagen the Ironman the week before and he's raced quite a few Ironmans and quite a lot of travel I just thought he'd have a level of fatigue that wouldn't quite match the other guys but you know why do we ever doubt Lionel is not going to bring it on the day on the race and just push himself to the limit you know I I was also impressed about you know Jan is just the ultimate professional but the fact that he was like busting a gut to get half a point at the end when like he didn't right because you to, got an yeah. extra half a point if you hit the four minute and he was yeah. at like 340 yeah. ahead so he just killed himself for that extra and the extra point and, yeah. and you know and I think you did I was like interested to see well those at the front of the race were definitely pushing for those extra points and you, and you saw that mm-hmm. and you know another impressive run by display by Gustav Eden um Jackson Laundry as well like brilliant you know brilliant race and Braden Curry oh there was yeah lots of lots of good good luck matches. there was a lot of good there. racing um yeah. yeah and I think they just need to like obviously clean up the broadcast a little I do think the pros loved it well, people who were there, I think, loved it because as opposed to like a regular major world championship, um, they didn't have like sponsor obligations. They didn't have to be all these different. Pla- they all got to like hang out in one little like hotel together. They clearly were having fun, talking trash, posting Instagram videos. Um, they all seemed to now. Granted, now some of them have COVID, but you know, one one problem <laughs> at a time. So, <laughs> well done. Um, you so won, I think they you won, all loved you won, it. Yeah. You won the Collins Cup. Here's your prize. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, mean, I mean but look, I think they all enjoyed it yeah look it's different I, I you know they got uh, ultimately an appearance fee so when they were mm-hmm. there yes there's the pride of winning and and doing it for the team which I'm glad that that they did take seriously on the whole um there's no pressure on the race as such because they've already been paid so I do think right. there is an element where I think that should be a 50-50 split so yes they get maybe half their half their appearance fee or they get something for qualifying, but then there is an, something on the line at the end of it. I don't know. Maybe there was in, in contracts behind the scene that we didn't see. Um, but I think that add, would add a different aspect to it. And I, I think, think it left it kind of fun though this time. Like, yeah. I think that's part of what made yeah. it just sort of fun for them. Because yeah. um, we are now obviously um, – I mean, some of them are in quarantine. Some of them are traveling home and they're going to be in quarantine. And now, obviously, a lot of them are traveling to the U.S. for St. George um, or some of them are going to Roth first. But we're going to see a lot of these people at 70.3 Worlds in three weeks. And with Kona being 
postponed it's suddenly become we now yeah it's now like a much a lot of people who maybe weren't going to race it are now definitely going to race it or i mean some people are doing super league some people are doing so but 70.3 worlds is now kind of the big show yeah and i it's gonna be i mean now you have taylor versus lucy versus flora i mean that's gonna be like the matchup of the year right like that's gonna be crazy um you have I don't know if Jan's doing it. I'm not sure. But you have Lionel, uh, Sam Long coming back. I think Gustav Eden is actually probably going to be the favorite. But you have Christian Blumenfeld, you know, trying to go Olympic world champ. Attempts, and and three and champ. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's going to be super interesting. Yeah, I think definitely now with um, Kona having been postponed for now, um, the highlight from the Ironman perspective, and I guess the, the triathlon world, is that 70.3 world champs. And I think off the back of... The Olympic athletes and the Super League racing we've had, and then obviously then the Collins Cup, bringing those that mix of the longer traditional athletes with the the new the new kids coming up from the WTS and the short course world, especially on a course like St George, has made that's going to be the event of almost like the event of the year. And okay, yes, I know we had the Olympics and Paralympics, but almost then now they've got this. <laughs> This clash of the two worlds coming together, and because there isn't right. that Kona focus, I think all eyes are on St George, and there's going to be some, yeah, some really interesting matchups for sure. Mm-hmm. Who do you think, Taylor, mm. Taylor Nib, Lucy Charles, or Flora Duffy? Um, well, I'd say on current form, like Taylor. I know. I think because I, I think she'd probably swim with Lucy. Like, yeah. You know, we saw Katie Zafiris on Lucy's feet. Um, Taylor's a slightly slower swimmer than Katie and Flora. Slightly. And I say that in the sense that they're all like minutes and minutes ahead of me, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but again, if it's in a pack and it's dig- bigger, like mm-hmm. can you get on their feet and stuff? I mean, I think Lucy's going to have to, as she would, she'll have to take it out super hard in that swim uh, if she wants to get a gap. Um, Flora's the unknown because she's just when I say unknown like, I mean we know how good she is right um, and she's done a, a 70.3 and we know she can right the only thing I, I would think maybe with Flora is like she's just had a lot on after after mm-hmm. the Olympics and a lot of media and a lot of commitments and stuff and and I hope that she's li- loving that and like enjoying that moment and maybe just I think like, it's fun. Like, yeah, yeah. And, enjoy- <laughs> and like enjoying what she's achieved. You know, she's been focused on it for the last five years and she's talked about how hard it was with how much pressure of being favorite for five years. So almost I kind of want to go just, just relax and enjoy it. And you've got time to do 70.3 worlds another, another year sort of thing. Um, so you kind of note, no, but at the same time she is again, she's a bit like, yeah, and she's such a professional and, right knows how to focus in on training and be focused on a goal and deliver on the day. So um, I think the thing that will be interesting with all these shorter courses with Taylor and Flora versus like Lucy or Paula or Holly um, is that the run course does not lend itself to speed short course runners. It is a, they're doing two loops of that course. So it is going to be a very hilly, very rough, like very strength based. And so you're not going to be able to get away with low, like the people who would have hit their like their their point earlier in time wise, you know what I mean? Like where you only have four good hours in you, they're not going to be able to get away with it as much yeah. because that run is going to be rough. So that's I think what it's going to what 
where we're going to see kind of like a leveling yeah of the playing field hopefully so it's like really close at the end and like right all the like sprinting and the sprint the end is downhill now because of the way they i mean it was always downhill but the way that they've structured worlds as opposed to saint george if you've done it before is you have to do two loops and they drop you down a super steep hill and so you're running downhill all the way to the finish it's gonna be your legs are gonna be like on over speed and drive and trashed and it's like actually will we see people just like go head over wipe out <laughs> like, yeah. wipe out yeah 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 <laughs> we should actually bring, have a camera bring it on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah also by the way anyone who's racing if you didn't know it's two loops on the run it's yeah. really brutal the way they've designed it and so. well, I, do you know what and the other thing that is a shame because it's now going to be this big matchup is it's now back to that one day format so i think we'll mm-hmm. lose we'll again the coverage we're going to lose some of those fantastic matchups within the races because they're just trying to cover the men and women at the same time Um, i have not seen how the start list how they've spaced it either i don't know how much time they're giving or like how they're doing the age group waves um but yeah they are having to cram it all into one day kind of because of covid a number of issues like the city needed it all in one day there are volunteer issues there are size issues a lot of people can't get into the u.s right now all that stuff but I think it's because we've such we've got suddenly like such hot start lists on both mm-hmm. the men and women's. I just think it's a shame that. Well, uh, I'm preempting the fact. Maybe they're not. Maybe it will be good enough to have two clear, fair races, and we get good coverage for both of them. Yeah, I mean, it'll be live on Ironman's uh, like yeah. Facebook Watch, and you know, we'll be there. I'll be like updating Triathlete Magazine's follow Twitter Triathlete Magazine. So. <laughs> Well, we'll be watching lots of racing this upcoming month. Uh, thanks for chatting with us, Sid. We'll keep an eye on all of that, all of that stuff. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks to Sid for the chat. We'll be back with interviews next week. In the meantime, keep training and keep listening.